For the 16th time, I am not Joe Flacco. This is not Joe Flacco, the podcast. God, we've got... I've got... this. I thought we had a long pod for you yesterday. It ran almost an hour. This one was going to run just under an hour. And then the Gronkowski news dropped. So, a record long pod for you today. Do I, uh, I do about 10 minutes on Gronk. And then, you know, so if you put 10 minutes on Gronk and then basically 56 minutes, we do our mock draft today. Well, Doug does his mock draft. I do some of the mocking. It's kind of, it's kind of my role. I ask questions. I probe. I'm looking for holes. Make a few Browns jokes. Talk a little too long about the 49ers. What I think they should do. God, I got a feeling they're going to fuck this up. I'm not going to lie. This, I'm starting to get nervous. But 10 minutes on Gronk, it, I'm, I'm thrilled. I think I, I pumped out six memes today. Five memes today. And only one. Not only did we get Lamar Jackson is going to be the Madden cover athlete. We also got the Gronk news and we've got the mock draft. It's a big day, folks. It's a big day. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. I would love for you to, if you whether you like it, love it, hate it, please go rate and review wherever you're listening to your podcast. If you can't rate and review on your podcast app, go hook me up with a review on Apple. Figure out how to do it. Borrow somebody's fucking iPhone. Whatever you got to do. We're gunning for 200 reviews here soon, which would be huge. I think we're on to something here, folks. And I really like the, the the momentum we have, and I just want to keep it going. So with that, we now go to our not at all, at all, fake sponsor. Episode 16 of Not Joe Flacco, the podcast, is brought to you by Generous Lighting. Generous Lighting. It's the way they make a 42-year-old stripper look 27. Which is kind of what the Bucks are trying to do with Gronkowski. They don't even need Tom Brady to look 27. 35 would do. 37 would do. Just, dear God, don't look 42. Generous Lighting, our sponsor for episode 16 of Not Joe Flacco, the podcast. So we start off with the blockbuster news today that Rob Gronkowski, Gronk, is no longer retired and has been traded from the New England Patriots to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know if you guys have been up on the news lately, but this is the second former Patriot to sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Gronk is reuniting with Tom Brady down in Florida. This is this is like one of those uh uh you know the 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 bank heist movies where they're getting the band back together. 
I'm calling my guy, man. I'm calling. I need my driver. So basically what we're looking at now is anytime you see a news article that says Florida man arrested for getting his dick caught in a drive through window, it could be Gronk. Like there's a 1% chance every time you click on a Florida man article that it's going to be Gronk. And this is huge because for memes, I can just take these fucking Florida man articles and just add Gronk's face to them. It's going to be beautiful. If you're a meme page and you're listening to this, just forget I said that. So what does this mean? I mean, this is the best possible news. Except for the fact that it happened during draft week. Now, it kind of had to happen during draft week. Because they're trading draft picks, the the Patriots ended up getting a a fourth-round pick, and and we'll get to that. But I'm I'm a little bummed because I have content for this week. You guys are about to listen to an hour-long, well, hopefully you get all the way through it, but I got an hour-long mock draft pod. And now I got to tack on 15 minutes about me blabbering about fucking Gronk? I mean, you're, you're welcome, but at the same time, I'm not going to have much shit to talk about next week. Why couldn't we have done this next week? God damn it. So, Gronk makes his way south, like every retiree from the Northeast, for the warmer climate where it's easier on his bones and his joints. He looks like he's lost some weight, which people in Florida tend to do because of the meth. He's moving to the strip club capital of the world. No state in the nation has more strip clubs. We're including fucking Vegas and Jersey. No, 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 no state has more strip clubs. Tampa Bay in and of itself is, is the strip club capital of Florida and the country. So Gronk's going to, Gronk's going to have a good time. We all know Gronk's going to have a good time. He's reuniting with Brady, and they're and they're not going to be any better than if they'd kept O.J. Howard. There, I said it. You're all thinking it. Is Gronk too old? Kinda, but not really. If you look at his last year, his last you know it wasn't a full year, but if you look at his last year, there have been other. 31 year old. Now he was 29 when it happened, but now he's 31. So if he just equals his last year, it will be one of basically three 31 year olds to have put up 40 catches and 14 yards per catch. The other two are Jared Cook from from 2019 and uh, Vernon Davis from 2017. So it's been done. Where I think Gronk's going to help out the most is probably in the run game. Um, but it depends on how they use him. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, so like I said, his last full, his last season, 40 catches, 14 yards per catch. But what the, we know the reason he's here, the reason he's here is for the, is for the postseason. And even though he was banged up in 2018, he played every snap of the Super Bowl. And when the Patriots needed him, when Brady needed him, didn't go to Edelman. He went to Gronk on the game deciding 
drive. You'll love this. The game deciding drive was 69 yards. Nice. Especially for Gronk. He had 47 of the 69 yards on two big catches. And it was like 18 and 27 yards. If that adds up to 18 and 29 yards, whatever it is. So season on the line, Super Bowl on the line. They need a touchdown and Brady goes to Gronk. That's what this is about. Statistically, he's going to end up about the same as, as OJ Howard. If you look at OJ Howard's last year, to like so literally last year, caught they got 50 targets, caught 65% of them, 13 and a half yards per catch. Gronk's gonna be a, Gronk was a little better, 14 and a half yards per catch and a few more catches, but the same catch rate. Like statistically, it's it Gronk's last season and, and OJ Howard's last season are practically a dead heat. I don't expect Gronk getting a ton of targets. I don't think he's viable. He's probably not viable from a fantasy standpoint. He's, you know, they because they've got two tight ends, plus they've got the two big receivers. So, you know, the, the receivers are going to get their 100 targets. Gronk and Brait are going to probably split just like O.J. Howard did. Because remember, we've got the benefit of having Bruce Arians. We already saw how he ran the offense with everybody, with, with everybody plus Jameis Winston. I don't think it's going to change much with Brady. And, you know, those guys got about 110 targets last season combined, Bray and and O.J. Howard. Maybe it's 60-50 now with Gronk. But I don't see him breaking, you know, 70 targets this season. And so because of that, I don't see him breaking even 50 catches this season. So statistically, the Bucs aren't getting more from from OJ Howard. But what they are getting is that when Brady needs something done, he knows where to find Gronk. And that could be the difference in one or two wins this season. Because Brady's, you know, he's not really even allowed to work out with his guys right now. So new system, wide receivers he can't throw to, a tight end he can't throw to, running backs he's never handed off to, a line but he's never played behind. But now he's got Old reliable. He's got he's he's got probably the the best friend, you know, a quarterback could ever have is a six foot eight fucking tight end, and now he's got that. So, I I mean, I, I still and be, listen because it's it's not a huge it's not a, a dramatic it's not like they're upgrading from no tight end to Gronk. They're upgrade they're taking two tight ends that were very useful last season in Brayton Howard. They're taking away the dynamic one, replacing it with a dynamic tight end who's a little older. He's 31, but statistically they're a dead heat. So I don't think this trade makes the Bucks meaningfully better over the course of the season, but I think it will make them better in close games. And, you know, if they can, if they can be, you know, four and two, in you know one score games instead of three and three, then you know that's that could be the difference between that seventh spot in the playoffs or or the you know or you know maybe sneaking into the division title. But I, I you know I still think the Saints are the most complete team in that division, maybe the most complete team in the NFC, uh, and I think the road goes through New Orleans, 
But, you know, the Bucs are going to make it interesting, man. Those two games every season, every uh, next year between presuming there's there's e- there's even two games next year. But those those two games, Brady and Breeze, um, should be a good one. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think this matters much. It matters probably more to the memes than it does to necessarily the standings. But, uh, you know, might be, you know, might you know, just having Gronk might might swing a game tops. But where it's going to help is if they do make the playoffs that, you know, that's where Gronk comes alive. Because, like I said, even though he's banged up last season, played literally every snap of the Super Bowl and was the go to guy on the decisive drive. So that's what the Bucks are getting right now. They're they're banking on on keeping him healthy, keeping him on a pitch count. Uh, through the regular season, I'd imagine, and then unleashing him in the playoffs uh, to make sure that you know they get their return on their on their Brady investment. So there we go. Okay, we are live here from from the scooter farm in the lab, as they say. This is this is not Joe Flacco mock draft headquarters. I'm here with uh, my buddy Doug. If you haven't listened to yesterday's pod, uh, Doug is my go-to college football guru, sensei, uh, claims adjuster, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, he is—he's uh, the guy that you know when when the Niners draft a middle linebacker from Penn State that I've never heard of, I call him and go, "Who the hell is Navarro Bowman?" He goes, "Don't worry, you'll like him." Turns out Doug was right. Um, Doug, yes, Doug, we've got a correction on yesterday's uh, uh, yeah, so I was height and weight measurements. A little off on the measurables for running back Cam Akers. Um, he's kind of a second or third round back, so I guess it's not that big of a deal. But I said he was like 6'2", 6'3", when he was more like 5'10", 5'11". These things so, happen. But he's a power back either way. He plays bigger than his size. It's his heart that we were measuring. Yes. All right. So, <laughs> uh, so today is, is a mock draft uh, Wednesday. Uh, you guys will be getting this Wednesday morning. So uh, this is the first mock draft I've ever done, actually, but technically I didn't do it. So I still have not done a mock draft. This is Doug's mock draft. We're going to be going through it. Um, basically going pick by pick. Not going to not gonna project any trades, although we'll talk about uh, certain spots that, you know, uh, the teams could be looking to move into, predominantly probably around the quarterbacks and stuff like that. So, yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, no trades, but like you said, we'll talk trades. And these are kind of the, I'm taking the, uh, I'm kind of putting myself in that team's chairs. So I'm kind of projecting a little bit and also getting the guys that I like. Is, uh, is your, is your general philosophy best player available or, uh, or are you trying to fill needs here, Doug? Um, it's probably a combination of those things. Um, every team's got, you know, three or four positions they know they need to upgrade, but the talent always doesn't match up with the need. So sometimes you gotta, gotta grab that wide receiver instead of that defensive back because the talent outweighs, you know, what's available. So, so that's part of it, but we'll talk about team needs a little bit as well with each pick. All right. So we kind of stepped on the, uh, we stepped on the, on the mock draft a little bit yesterday, just because I think the first, God, if the first two picks don't go Joe Burrow, Chase Young, yeah, that's that's what everybody is projecting. That's what I'm projecting as well. Best quarterback available in the draft, <laughs> coming off the best quarterback season in the history of college football, and the premier edge rusher. Exactly. There's those are the the two cornerstone positions on each side of the ball. Yeah, I mean Bengals. 
you have the number one pick for a reason. Uh, the quarterback's the quickest way to turn, you know, turn your franchise around. Quarterback, offensive line, linebacker, tight end, wide receiver are all holes for the Bengals. But as we said, Bengals or quarterback is that premier position, so they're taking Joe Burr. Okay. And then Redskins are up on the clock, and they are taking uh, Chase Young, defensive end, Ohio State. Um, again, you go with what's, you know, you either get the quarterback or the guy that can get after the quarterback. Chase Young's the best guy in this draft to get after the quarterback. Um, Redskins, they have a bunch of needs. Um, edge rusher is on that list, but so is cornerback, wide receiver, tight end, O-line. So they uh, they need to build through this draft for sure, but getting the top edge rusher is a great way to start it. So the Redskins have in the past, and obviously different administrations and everything else, but they've traded a bunch to get into the second spot when they traded up for RG3. I don't think that you pass on Chase Young, though, for anything. Yeah, they. it's a no-brainer for them. I mean, I don't know how the Dolphins feel if they like, you know, we're, we're going to talk about them in a couple picks, but they're a team with plenty of ammunition that could go up to two if they really like Chase Young and they don't like a quarterback. Um, but I think the Redskins should just stick where they are and take the best pass rusher. I mean, unless the Lions are willing to – trade up to get I mean it's like if if the Dolphins were to try to get to two there's no guarantee that the Redskins would still be able to get Chase Young because you've got the Lions right after that and then the Giants right after and then the Giants so I don't don't, there's I don't see any way that the best pass rusher in the draft drops to five. Yeah, I would think even if even if the Lions pass on them, the Giants would swoop them up because that's a big need for them too. Yeah. So, so yeah. So pick two, uh, Ohio State defensive end, Chase Young. All right. So um, number pick three. So this is where trades talks are starting. Do any of these teams? Do the Chargers? Do the you know? Do the Dolphins? Do they love Tua? Do they want to trade up to make sure they get their guy? This is where people are start, have started talking trades at number three. Um, to simplify it for us, I'm just going to say no trade here, and they're going to pick the most talented cornerback, Jeff Okuda, Ohio State. Um, Back-to-back Ohio State picks. Yep, a lot of talent at Ohio State. They're, uh, they're, and they're actually killing it on the recruiting trail right now for next year. Which so you're it's, just it's, pumped about. It's just going to keep coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, he's a lockdown corner. I think it's an easy pick for the Lions because they just got rid of Slay. Um, who is a great cornerback. So replace a great cornerback with another one, I guess. Um, it's a defensive-minded coach, so I got to think they're going defense. Um, and Okuda at number three. And then uh, fourth pick, New York Giants. Giants could go offensive tackle. They could go um, – and I, that's what I actually have them doing. I have them getting Tristan Wirfs. Um, they picked – Jones last year, so you got a young quarterback. You better protect him because, as you can see, uh, we've there's plenty of examples in the past of young quarterbacks getting beaten up and they never really reach their potential. And feel bad for those guys. I, I think a few of them might have played for the Browns. Uh, I'm not <laughs> going to name names, um, but yeah, protect your young quarterback. Get one of the elite tackles. Um, we talked about him yesterday. How bad were the Browns quarterbacks that they had Joe Thomas all that time and the quarterbacks were still fucking garbage? Terrible. Terrible. It's almost like it was bad that he was so good because some of those guys deserve to get hit and right. just taken out of the game. Like Joe just whoops a little Ole. Just, yeah, just, just sit out of game. You don't have to play 10,000 straight snaps. Come right? on. Yeah. So 
But yeah, uh, for team needs, uh, we talked about offensive tackle. Giants could use a rusher as well, uh, safety, and then they need some targets for their young quarterback, wide receivers, tight ends. I know they have Ingram, um, but some depth there as well. So offensive tackle. Who the Tristan Giants Lewis. are apparently talking about trading. He's Evan Ingram's popped up in a bunch of really, yeah. yeah. This is like these. This week is the you know everybody's saying you know smoke screens and smoke signals are being sent out. And the silly season, exactly. So, I think they should sit Pat and uh, get the offensive tackle. He can play right tackle if Nate Soldier can still hold up at left. Um, they gave him a lot of money from the Patriots. Didn't really look too good last year. We'll see what happens there, but yeah, protect your quarterback. Okay, and so now we get into back to back QB needy teams. We've got. Dolphins, then the Chargers. Yeah, the Dolphins, um, they have quite a few needs. Quarterback is one of them. Offensive line, they need to, you know, they basically need two tackles. Um, running back, safety, pass rusher, those are all team needs. Uh, and again, since they're not trading up in this version of our mock draft, I'm going to say they're going to take Tua Tuagavaloa. Or, yeah, I, I think I'm, I said it. I'm not trying. That. Tua. Everybody yeah. calls him Tua. We're Tua. boys. <laughs> so Tua, I think um, he has the highest ceiling. Um, I'm not in love with the Oregon quarterback, even though I'm projecting him to go next. But I would say if I'm picking between Tua and Herbert, I'm taking Tua. Cool. So charges up. You've got him taking Justin Herbert. Yep. Yep. They're going to be uh, – they got – I mean, Rivers was there forever. And he's finally gone. He's going to be looking super weird in that Colts jersey next year. Um, but he – Phil he, Rivers just feels like a Indianapolis guy, though. Yeah, he's he's got some Midwestern to him, yeah, for sure. So, um, but yeah, so I think they're going to get Justin Herbert, the quarterback from Oregon. Um, smart quarterback uh, has some of the intangibles. He didn't, I don't know, he just didn't really have it. He doesn't have that it factor. So I don't know what to think of him. Daniel Jones is probably a good comparison. Anytime you can get a quarterback from the same school that Marcus Mariota went to. <laughs> exactly. You got and and Joey Harrington, right? Yep. You got to jump on it. And we can even go back to uh, what was uh, Achilles Smith, remember okay, him? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just a long line of absolutely fucking garbage quarterbacks. Yeah. And he's next in line. <laughs> uh, so, I don't have high hopes for him. I think he's got bust potential written all over him. Um, but I do see a lot of people. I have people, or I've seen people projecting him over Tua because of Tua's injury. Um, but in this in this situation, I'm I'm taking that high ceiling quarterback. I'd West rather West. have five years of a guy that's got the potential to be transcendent than seven exactly. of like somebody that's gonna like you know be like Blake Bortles plus. Yeah, yeah. So that was you know. Definitely more of a projection pick for me, not so much a, oh, this is the guy I like uh, for the Chargers. They have other needs. They need help on the offensive line, edge rushers. They need a tight end. Um, so, you know, linebacker as well. So they have other needs, but when you're at that position in the draft, you got you got to take the risk of getting that quarterback if he's up there. Nothing would be more Chargers than opening up a brand-new stadium with Tyrod Taylor as their QB1 and not even having a rookie yeah, I'm pretty it. surprised they're not even talking to Cam Newton or Jameis Winston. It's yeah. kind of a strange situation. Coach keeps saying Tyrod Taylor is, is his guy. Um, you know, God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, but that's what you get when you've got a 
a former running backs. And I like Anthony Lynn. I think the guy's like, I think he's a winner and I think he's, he's a good coach, but like when you've got a, a guy that, you know, is, is a former running backs coach and that just kind of brings, it's like this old school, don't turn the ball over, don't take risks. And you've got, you might have the higher floor, you've got a much lower ceiling and it's like those teams like that aren't anyways I, I just i don't specifically cam i have no idea why a former mvp who's not even 30 exactly right yeah. it's like and who's gonna be cheap you don't have you know one two year, year two year contract prove like it. do a one year prove it deal well, yeah, two, like one year two year contract like 25 million guaranteed over the two years if he sucks, you're out of it. If he's Cam Newton again, you've got a star for L.A. And instantly, you're the biggest team in L.A. Yeah. 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 Especially with everything the Rams have lost. That's true. So, so um, we'll see. I mean, they could say, you know what? I don't know. Maybe we don't value these quarterbacks as much as some other people. And they can pick one of the offensive tackles. There we go. Um, but I'm saying quarterback. All right. you got to have a quarterback. So, uh, Panthers – just had a surprise retirement, Luke Keekley. Yep. And, and now you've got them taking Isaiah Simmons, Clemson linebacker, safety corner, whatever. <laughs> he plays defense. He's a defensive player. Ath- uh, athlete, as they say on yes, college, uh, the NCAA football. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think that's a pretty easy pick for them, but I could also see them going D line. Derek Brown's out there. Um, they definitely have a few team needs. Um, but replacing the leader of the defense with another great player, uh, that would be pretty ideal for them, I would say. As a Niners fan, Derek Brown dropping is cool. Keep going. Okay. okay. <laughs> Keep going. Yep. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, so number eight, uh, Arizona Cardinals on the clock. Yeah. So I have them getting Jedrick Wills Jr., offensive tackle, Alabama, um, they got that little quarterback. They need to protect him. Um, that's a guy that can move out in space and kind of do some of the zone running outside concepts that Arizona is going to be doing. So I have them getting offensive tackle. Um, they obviously have a lot of team needs on defense as they had a pretty low efficiency rating on defense last year, but you got a, you know, you got to make sure you're protecting that quarterback. All right. So, uh, the Jaguars. Yeah. So Jaguars, again, a lot of team needs. Um, they could go a uh, couple different directions. I have Jacksonville Jaguars getting Derek Brown, though. That's okay. your boy. And um, the fall stops. Yep. Yeah. So he's he's a top 10 talent, and he's getting right in there at number nine. Um, so, yeah. So Derek Brown. And, again, haven't watched any of these players, but everything I've read about Derek Brown is that he is going to be amazing. He's an animal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a pretty easy pick, I would say. Um, and that was the uh, number nine pick. Yeah. So, so now we get to the number 10 pick, which uh, everybody is wondering. This is kind of the hot spot. <laughs> um, but my Cleveland Browns. A lot of focus on the number 10 pick, Cleveland yeah. Browns. They need uh, they need uh, left tackle. I think that's the most glaring need on their team on offense. Again, we got Baker Mayfield. We got a young quarterback that needs to take another step next year. And they need to do everything they can to make sure he's going in the right direction. Um, so I have them getting 
Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle from Georgia. All right, um, so let's we've we've got the so Andrew Thomas we've we filled out the the tackle, right? So we've mm-hmm. taken three QBs in the top ten. Yeah, we have taken now three, three tackles. tackles. Strongest wide receiver class that we've had probably since Odell and Odell and M came out. But I want to go back and and look here because you know if we're going through, let's just say that Tua drops. Yeah, and he gets past the Chargers. Okay, the Panthers don't need a, a quarterback. They just put a lot of money into not a, not crazy, you know, Jared Goff money, uh, but they put some money into Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. So he's, if not the quarterback of the future, definitely the near future. Um, yep. The uh, Cardinals drafted Kyler Murray first overall last year. The Jaguars seem to be rolling with Gardner Minshew. I guess. Yeah. But they got rid of Foles, sent him to Chicago. But that's got to be. I mean, if Tua gets to Jacksonville, that's got to be interesting for them. At least to, they've, they're at least going to think about it. Yeah. The Browns, I think, have enough with Baker Mayfield to try again and just blame last year on Freddie Kitchens. Yep. Um, and then you get into, and then the Jets. So the only team between the Chargers at six and say the Raiders at 12, Mm -hmm. the only team that I could see conceivably taking a quarterback is Jacksonville. Right. And so all those, all those other teams, if you're looking for two and he gets past the Chargers, all those other teams that are looking for quarterbacks, you know, the Panthers at seven, Cardinals at eight, those are going to, they're going to be in a, they're going to have a ton of opportunity. They, they're probably going to get a lot, a decent amount of offers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If Tua starts to, starts to slide, teams are going to, there's going to be teams moving up. I've even seen scenarios where they think the Patriots will move up and get him if he starts to slide. Um, 10 is, the Browns are in a good spot because I think they can get their tackle at 10. Or there's teams behind them, like the Jets, the Raiders, the Niners. Those guys are all looking at receivers, and that's uh, you know if you love Jerry Judy and you want to jump some of those teams to get them, or CD Lamb. The Browns are in a good trade back spot. I've even heard rumblings that the Denver Broncos want to trade from 15 to 10 so they can get their guy. Um, so I think the Browns are in a pretty prime spot. If, if you know if they get an offer, they can't refuse. So be a trade down, especially you know if it's only five spots. I would do that. Um, but at the same time, get that left tackle if you if you love the guy that's still there. Okay, so let's go back to the Dolphins. If okay. the Dolphins weren't going to take Tua, and they let's say they don't go quarterback at five because, and I'm, I'm just sitting here, I'm looking at it and going, okay, they've got 18 and 26 plus other picks plus like next year's first. They've got the ammo to get back to the top 10 yes. to get Tua at – a lower, you know, get the best player available on their board, like, and then move up, use, you know, combine some, to put a package together to get back into the top 10, get back into the top 12 to come back for Tua. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how they feel about the quarterbacks. You know, if they like the quarterbacks, I think they'll be able to get either one at five. Um, but if they don't like the quarterbacks, they could take an offensive lineman right where they are. But okay. if I'm the Dolphins, 
and I have three first round picks and I don't like the quarterback or the offensive lineman, I'm sending those three picks or I'm offering them to Washington so I can go get Chase Young. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. So that's, that's our top 10 uh, with Andrew Thomas going to the Browns. Now, uh, now we get to the New York Jets. So the New York Jets just lost Robbie Anderson and basically replaced him with Perryman, Rashad Perryman, I think, right? I think so, yeah. And you've got them taking? Um, with the 11th pick, I have them taking Jerry Judy, wide receiver from Alabama. Um, basically, again, they got a young quarterback, and what are you doing to protect him? What weapons do you have for him? Um, I think Jerry Judy is the best wide receiver in the draft, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him, give Darnold someone to throw to. Um, they did sign a, you know, an offensive lineman in, in free agency, George Fan. I don't know if he's, that's not really a, you know, a big name. Anytime, anytime you can sign a Seattle Seahawks offensive lineman, that, yeah. is, you know, that just really seals everything up. Yeah, but they have needs at wide receiver, edge rusher, offensive tackle, cornerback. What's going on with Le'Veon Bell? Is he, is he going to get traded? So potentially running back problems. But whatever they do in the first round, I think it's got to be something that's going to help Sam Darnold. Either it's a pass-catching you know, wide receiver or an offensive tackle. So and the only offensive tackle, the next best offensive tackle that you have is Becton. Correct. So if it's you're thinking if it's not Jerry Judy, it's Becton. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes, so uh, at 12 – the Las Vegas. Um, this is the first time we're saying this. The Las Vegas Raiders. That sounds weird. Yeah, doesn't it? Um, so I have them getting the next best receiver, C.D. Lamb. Um, again, they need some more weapons on offense. Um, as as we know, they've traded away some supreme talent and Mac and and uh, Mari Cooper, and they're still trying to figure out how to replace them. Um, Crazy that you just can't replace Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack. Right? Just... Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would say receiver would probably be their biggest need. I don't know who they're going with at quarterback. I know they picked up Mariota. I don't think they know. Yeah, I, yeah, that's it's kind of a weird situation to me. But wide receiver, someone on the outside, a vertical threat would be a big need for them. And they've got two first-round picks, so they could be a team that moves up for Tua if John Gruden was in love with him. Exactly, yeah. Gruden and Mayock, what a combo. Um, but, yeah, wide receiver, cornerback. They need defensive line, offensive line help linebackers they got some holes to fill that's for sure um but yeah i'm gonna go with the wide receiver at the top of the draft for them all right so i'm gonna step on your pick number 13 my lucky number my favorite player in the draft is the guy that you're taking we did not coordinate on this but you've got him taking henry ruggs the third um here is my quick take on this spot the niners are either gonna go defensive tackle or they're going to replace Buckner, or they're going wide receiver to replace Sanders, or they're going to draft a offensive tackle who they're going to move inside, and you're going to end up with Staley, the first-round pick, who's the tackle playing guard. Weston Richburg's coming back. You've got Lakin Tomlinson, who's another first-round pick, and then Mike McGlinchey, who's another first-round pick. And so they would end up with four first-round picks on the offensive line to go with <laughs> the four first-round picks that yeah. they still have on the defensive line. Um, so in order of likelihood, I would say it, it depends on who's there. And, I, and again, you know, I think if, if it goes like – if it goes like you've got it right now <clears throat> with a top tackle still on the board, 
Rug's still there. And Becton. Uh, uh, yeah, so Becton's still there and Ruggs is still there. I could see them trading down from here a couple spots if Tua was there or if somebody else was there that that they wanted. Because there's talk that if Tua gets to the Niners, that the Patriots, who have a great relationship with the Niners, might come up to get Tua. Yeah. But um, it is almost guaranteed that the Niners have to trade one of these two first-round picks. Otherwise, they're doing nothing for rounds two through five. Correct. Two, yeah. Two through four. <clears throat> My mindset is um, 49ers are a really good team. I'm projecting them to be a really good team for the next few years. They're not going to be up at 13 making draft picks in the next few years, in my mind. Yep. So I'm saying get your guy. Yep. And then trade your other first round pick back so you can get some second and thirds. I'm 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 with so that. So with I'm 13th with pick, Henry Ruggs third receiver at Alabama. Niners stay pat and get their guy. Um, and we get to see as what Russell, you said. Yeah. We get, we get to see what Russell Westbrook would do on a football field. <laughs> yeah. Um, I went with Ruggs over uh, Javon Kinlaw simply because. The Niners defense was pretty nasty last year. So and the Niners, the like I'm not so there's there's you know, there's a ton of stuff out there about like, you know, I mean the last top three wide receiver in the league to win a Super Bowl, you've got to go back to Jerry Rice in ninety-four. I'm skipping over Michael Irvin. And you can't fucking stop me. Okay. I will, uh, I will allow it. <laughs> but ninety the nineteen ninety four 49ers was the last top three receiver to win a Super Bowl. So you don't need you don't and especially with Kyle Shanahan you don't need to spend a ton of draft capital uh, capital you don't need to spend a ton of money on the position Shanahan can scheme those guys open but I think that the the competing theory there is Shanahan has had Julio Jones and so if he thinks that there's a guy there that can be his Julio Jones he'll go get him yeah um, and Shanahan's got pull in the draft room. Um, he's, he's, it's not necessarily that he's got final say, but he's got significant input more than probably a lot of head coaches that don't have a GM title have. Um, and he's, he's screwed up some of these picks, uh, Joe Williams running back, um, in, in their first draft was a colossal. He jumped up and down on the table pound on the table for him and he was out of he's already out of football yeah um so we know shanahan's got input and we so there's there's two ways for the team to go i think right here is you can you can try and outscore people or you can try and stop people the defense got worse losing to forrest buckner i think you've either got to replace to forrest buckner to keep the defense at a high level or you've got to start thinking about outscoring people and they lost emmanuel sanders and maybe go get a, to, yeah. get a replacement there they're in a good position um, they have like I don't see the Niners as having a glaring hole right. on their roster, so it's kind of a luxury pick. And yeah, they would I'm sure they'd be happy with either the receiver or the defensive tackle. Yep, for sure. All right, so now Fort uh, on the clock. Tampa Bay Bucks just signed uh, some no name quarterback out of Michigan, Thomas Brady. Brady. Brady, it's pronounced Brady. Brady, did I get that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, so now what do they do with the draft? Um, well, they need to protect that. Uh, how old is he? He's a 42 year old quarterback. He's, how he's not Joe plus four, I think is, yeah. the, is the math. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, he's only getting older. Uh, so you, uh, he's not, you know, the fleet, most fleet of foot quarterback. So you better have an offensive lineman that can, can cover for him. 
And that's one of their biggest needs. Uh, I see the Bucks. they need offensive tackle. They probably need a running back, defensive line help. Um, maybe even not in the first round, but they probably need a quarterback, you know, to start grooming after uh, Brady's done. Safety. So they have some team needs. But, again, you got to protect protect the Buckeyes franchise quarterback, Tom Brady, which yeah. just – oh, God, that sounds it's, terrible. Well, at least they got um, rid of the alarm clock uniforms. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm going Makai Becton. The best offensive tackle available. Um, he is a mountain of a man. Should be able to slide in at left or right tackle for them. Um, and that would be a, a great pick if one of those four offensive tackles fell to 14 for the Bucks. I think they'd be uh, very happy with that. All right, so pick 15. The Broncos are on the clock. They are taking. Yeah, so again, 15. There has been some trade talk with them moving up to get one of the, you know, one of those three wide receivers we just talked about. Um, in this situation, I don't have them doing that. Um, so, you know, I think they could probably go after Kinlaw because he's a great defensive tackle. But I, I have him actually getting C.J. Henderson, cornerback from Florida. Um, that will fill one of their needs. You know, they need help at wide receiver, cornerback. They even need offensive line, safety, linebacker. But uh, like I said, in, those first, in the first round, the value for certain players is, you know, super high. So that's when you get them. So at the 15th pick, I have them getting C.J. Henderson, cornerback from Florida, who is probably just a step below Okuda. He's he's a very solid prospect. And I, one of the guys I follow on Twitter that uh, that focused on the Niners, and I, I think he's a former player, but never actually looked. Yeah. Um, but he's got uh, he's got him ahead of Okuda. He so, does. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I know he's got great speed. So, but yeah, the Broncos are in a pretty good position uh, right there in the middle of that draft. So. They don't move up. I see him getting that guy. Awesome. All right, and so fifteen picks down. The sixteenth pick makes marks the halfway point. Atlanta Falcons are on the clock. This is a team that I can't believe they didn't fire their coach last year. Holes all over the place. Defense is yes. atrocious. Offense is pretty much set. And you got Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. You don't need a ton else. They did lose Austin Hooper, but we talked yesterday. No first round tight ends that we're that we're in love with. Right. So you've got yeah. to go in defense. So with the 16th pick, the Atlanta Falcons, I have them selecting basically the best player available, and that is defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina. They probably have, you know, defensive tackle. They got uh, was it Grady Jarrett there? He's a very very good defensive tackle. Pairing him with Javon Kinlaw would be a pretty mean tandem. They probably need an edge rusher more. They probably need offensive linemen and DB more. Um, but I think you get in this situation, you're going to go with the most talented guy, the guy that you, that you know is probably going to start for you. Yeah, if you got a hole and it's best player available, you know you 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 you, you solve that and and come back to the other stuff later. Yeah, but they uh, I agree with what you said there. They have a lot of work to do on defense, um, and. What better place to start in the front lines? There you uh, go. I read uh, offensive line, defensive line. You got to build build up front first. You got to protect your guys. So, so yep, Javon Kinlaw. Okay, everybody's favorite team, Dallas Cowboys, on the clock at seventeen. Yeah. So this was kind of a tough one. I, I think what I'm seeing with them is they kind of need to add to their pass rush. I know they have Demarcus Lawrence, but they've lost a couple guys. Um, so when you have another good rusher on the opposite side, that's that's going to help. So. With that said, I have them taking the uh, defensive end pass rusher out of LSU, Calavian Chason. 
Um, he's a guy that can get after their quarterback, uh, hits, hits hard on a need for them. And then they can try to find a replacement for Byron Jones, maybe in the second round, the cornerback or defensive back. Um, they need some offensive line help. Uh, I know their Pro Bowl center kind of retired early unexpectedly. So I could see them, you know, maybe trying to get someone in the early second round or, you know, in the second round in general where they're sitting, one of those interior guys like our favorite guy, Lloyd Cushenberry the third or Cesar Ruiz or any of the linemen from Wisconsin, basically. <laughs> so, so <laughs> when in doubt, pick a lineman from Wisconsin. Yeah. But again, first round, how can you affect the quarterback with pass rush? Get your pass rusher, LSU. All right. So uh, we are now – this is the first team in our draft that's getting their second pick. Yeah, yeah so, so we got the Dolphins on the clock at pick eighteen. Yeah, got so this from the Steelers. Yeah, we had them getting the quarterback Tua at five. Um, so again, when a guy has a busted hip, you better protect him. <laughs> so our top four offensive tackles are already gone. So my fifth ranked tackle that I can see them getting is Joshua Jones, offensive tackle from Houston. Um, now. There's, there's, you know, Joshua Jones, there's Austin Jackson, there's Ezra Cleveland. So maybe they like one of those other tackles better. But either way, I see them getting some offensive line help. Um, so many holes on that team, on the Dolphins. Um, they need more than, you know, quarterback tackle. They need a lot of help on defense too. But if you're going to invest that fifth pick. I mean, they were like the 31st ranked offense in the league last year. So getting it – get. Getting it, getting their building blocks right, getting their quarterback, getting their tackle, yeah, starting to make sense. Yep. But yeah. I, I like the way that team played at the end of the year. I've said a couple times that, you know, I think the Bengals are in real trouble with their coach. It didn't. I, th- I thought they were the more talented team mm-hmm. than the Dolphins, and the Bengals ended up with the worst record because it didn't really feel like they were trying all the time. Yeah. Uh, but the the Dolphins. Went on a went on a, a little mini tear. I think either four and five or five and four mm-hmm. to finish the season. And yeah, they beat the Patriots on that crazy play at the end of the game. Beat the, beat the Patriots. So it's like there's, um, uh, you know, you've got. I think I think the Dolphins, the arrows pointing up, especially with the the draft picks that you've given them. They've got a quarterback now, a quarterback of the future, uh, other than Fitzmagic, um, yeah. and uh, uh, and now a tackle. I think you know this is the makings of you know, the makings of a solid football team. Yeah. And you get your two guys on offense and now you can kind of focus on defense for the next few rounds. Um, and again, they have all that draft, all those picks. So um, solid, solid pick there for the dolphins, I'd say. All right. And so the next, so the, the last pick was uh, acquired for Minka Pitts, Fitzpatrick. This pick is the Raiders are on the clock and they got, this is the, I think the last of the, the bears the, for Khalil Mack. the last of the Khalil Mack bounty. Yeah. So uh, who do you have the Raiders yeah. taking? It's actually, yeah. So the three teams that have multiple first-round picks, they're, they're going in a row here, Dolphins, Raiders, Jags. So for the Raiders, they, I had them selecting the wide receiver, C.D. Lamb. Um, that's going to fill a big hole for them. They have other holes at cornerback, defensive line, offensive line, linebacker. Um, so, again, you lost a premier pass rusher, so why not draft another pass rusher? That's what I have them doing. I have them selecting Terrell Lewis, defensive end from Alabama. Um, I think he's a very, like I said, Alabama defensive lineman, very steady player. I could see them going cornerback here too. There's definitely some options. Um, 
But something on defense here, defensive end or cornerback, and I'm going with the defensive end, Terrell Lewis. All right, so that's our third defensive end so far. And and from yesterday, we weren't terrible. Like, it, does it feel like the talent is being overdrafted here because of the position? Yeah, premier position, pass rusher. In my mind, I mean, you got to you got to get after the quarterback. That's how. That's all what the successful defenses do. They put pressure on the quarterback, whether it's right up their middle or off the edge. But you think there's 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 just from what we were talking about yesterday, it felt like that you weren't as in love with the defensive ends compared to other position groups. But the defensive end position group is more valuable than the other positions. Yeah, I think defensive end thins out pretty quick too after you know the first three rounds. So. You'll see some guys that maybe don't have first round grades, but they're going to go in the first round, second round because they're going to fit a need. Gotcha. Um, all right. So as we talked about, Jaguars are on the clock again. Yeah. So Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I think so. With their first pick, we had them selecting uh, Derek Brown. So they definitely uh, they replaced Calais Campbell with him on the front line. Um, they also have some. Some pretty big needs elsewhere, but I would say cornerback would be the next one. Um, and they also have the options of trading Ngakwe, Ngaku, or however you say that name. Yeah. Um, he's the he last won, two days he he's won, been signed. Yeah. So that's that's just more draft capital they could potentially get. But I have him getting a cornerback, uh, one that I actually really like, good lengthy cornerback, Jalen Johnson, cornerback from Utah. Um, he's not going to end up being like 5'10", like the running back, right? No, okay. no, no. I double-checked <laughs> double this one. Uh, but yeah, so he's a, he's a solid get for them. There's, there's, I mean, there's a few cornerbacks here that are going to go in the end of the first round. And I think they're all going to be, you know, ranked pretty similar. So each team's going to kind of get the guy that they have the higher grade on. Everybody's got their big board. Um, but yeah, secondary help, Jalen Johnson, cornerback. All right. So next up, we're in the, we're in the twenties now, 21st pick Philadelphia Eagles. It is a loaded wide receiver class. They have an entire room of wide receivers that can't catch. They've got to take a wide receiver, right? Yeah, they have to. And that's I have them getting Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from LSU, and you hit it right on the head. The lack of playmakers, all the drops last year. Um, I know you you had your Carson Wentz comparison to Dak Prescott. Yeah. And one of the things you talked about is who's he throwing to. Um, he has never – only one time in his career has he had a guy on his offense getting 1,000 yards. Yeah. And, like, last year I kept seeing it was Greg Ward Jr. making plays, and that guy was a college quarterback. <laughs> so I was like, holy cow, is it really that bad there? Um, so, yeah, so I think they have to take a wide receiver. And I the most talented one on the board is Justin Jefferson. Long lean receiver, um, made a lot of plays, was almost kind of a – again – Burrow had so many weapons at LSU, but he was almost his go-to wide receiver. So, and I've seen Jefferson go as high as as like I've seen him mocked to the Niners at yeah. you know, twelve and thir- thirteen. So, you know, um, it's going to be kind of you know system choice where these receivers go. But um, the Eagles yeah. in this draft, if they don't come out of this with a receiver, they're yeah. they're lacking some severe self awareness. Yeah, Wentz and Ertz—they're a great tandem, but they need some help. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, so this is another team that has two first-round picks, uh, 22 and 25. Uh, this 22 pick was the Stefan Diggs trade. Uh, so the Vikings have no money. 
Um, so they got to build through this draft. I don't know if you saw, but they let quite a few guys go. Um, and also I keep hearing Odell Beckham Jr. trades to the Vikings. They have 12 million in cap space. He makes 14 million. Um, so <laughs> do the math people. Yeah. So that's not, not something I'm looking at, but they need cornerback. Uh, they probably need a wide receiver to replace, um, digs. Yeah. Right. So edge rusher, they lost Everson Griffin. They need offensive line help, safety. So they have plenty of holes, and uh, the way they're going to get back through it is through the ja- uh, draft. Um, so they could go probably cornerback or wide receiver in this position. I'm saying they're going to get a wide receiver, uh, Jalen Rager, wide receiver from TCU. Again, kind of a do-it-all wide receiver. He's going to be a good complement to Thielen. Um, so I think that's where they're going to go with the 22nd pick, and uh, but they'll They'll go, uh, or no, I'm sorry. He, I had him at 25. I have them getting the cornerback at 22 and then, gotcha. then him at 25. So with that said, cornerback, because they did lose three cornerbacks from last year's team, is Christian Fulton, cornerback from LSU. Um, LSU getting some guys drafted. Yeah, there's a reason why they were <laughs> hands down the best team in college football last year. I mean, I know Alabama and Ohio State, Clemson, those were all great teams last year too, but LSU just had – they were just stacked at a lot of positions last year. They're losing a lot of guys. You're going to see a lot of LSU guys drafted, so I wouldn't be putting too much money on LSU next year. Um, but, yeah, so with the 22nd pick, Christian Fulton, cornerback, LSU, um, and he's going to replace one of those three cornerbacks that they got rid of. It was, it was like Xavier Rhodes and McKenzie. Uh, I can't remember his name. Alexander. And then uh, – it was their third guy. Did you say Xavier Rhodes? Yeah, there was a third guy. That's not really a loss, though. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't very great. So, either way, the three uh, three quarterbacks down. So, better address that right away, and then you can get your receiver at 25. All right, and the Patriots picking. So, this is probably the lowest I've seen them pick in a while. Yeah. And then on top of that, the fact that they don't have a quarterback right now means this might be the highest they – I mean, like – they might be in the teens or lower in next year's draft if they really insist on going into next season with Brian Hoyer. Yeah. Jared, Jared Stidham? Stidham. Yeah. Stidham. Yeah. So Patriots usually trade back, right? Yep. So I could see them trading this pick back, back to the later first round, early second round, adding more picks. That's what Belichick does. But in the interest of this mock draft with no trades, I have them getting AJ Epinesa, defensive end uh, from Iowa. Um, they have, I would say their needs, they, they need a quarterback, right? No more Tom Brady. Um, there's no more Gronkowski. They probably need a tight end. Um, they lost Van Noy and some other pass rushers, so they probably need an edge guy. Um, but yeah, they need some weapons on that offense as well. So there's, there's a lot of different ways they can go and it's Bill Belichick. He's going to get his guy, but I think Epinesa has that Patriot personality. He's a hardworking Iowa middle of the country, hardworking dude. Um, and I think he's kind of being devalued a little bit. I think he could have been a guy that maybe should have gone in front of some of the other pass rushers, edge guys I've already said. But from what I've seen, people are projecting him to fall. So that's why I have him going here at 23. But I think the Patriots would be happy with that guy if they stay there at 23. Okay. So if they were going to take a quarterback, who do you think they'd take? Um, so this is where we start talking about Jordan Love with the other three quarterbacks in front of him going off. Um, the guy's all over the board. Some people are comparing him to like a poor man's Patrick Mahomes, which is pretty wild. Right. Um, had a great junior season, bad, 
senior season, but he lost a lot of weapons on his offense. So it's I, I just don't know what to think of him. To be honest, I didn't see a ton of Utah State games. Um, but from what I've heard in his highlights, he does look like he can. he's got a good arm and he can kind of make those on-the-move 60-yard throws downfield. You're like, holy cow. So I, I could definitely see the Patriots if they like him or if they love love him, right, Jordan Love. Uh, I could see them going in that direction as well. There's there's a couple teams I could see getting him at the end of the first round, and uh, I actually do have someone getting him. So. All right. We shall see. But, yeah, if the Patriots stay at 23, I think they kind of go with what the best guy available, which is uh, A.J. Epinesa. All right. So next up, New Orleans Saints. And I got them taking Jordan Love. <laughs> one of the, I was going to say one of the most – so somebody asked me yesterday – who the most complete teams in the NFL were most complete. I don't think there's a single team that is perfectly complete, but mm-hmm. I put out there uh, Niners, Chiefs, and Ravens. Yep. And I, I forgot the Saints. It wasn't me dragging the Saints or Drew Brees or anything else. I just forgot them because sometimes I'm doing this when I'm not focused on everything. But <clears throat> when you're as complete a team as the Saints and you have a 41 or 42-year-old quarterback – if there's a quarterback there in the first round you like, go get him. Exactly. Especially yeah. if, they, if they like him. You know? right. um, like I said, everybody seems to have a different opinion on him. Um, and being a great team, they have the luxury of kind of taking a flyer on him this year. Um, they could definitely go linebacker or you know safety or cornerback. I could see them trying to help out their defense too. Um, but if they're going to build for the future, it sounded like you know Breeze had a hard time saying he was coming back at one point after the season, but but he says he's coming back. So you got him, um, and wouldn't be wouldn't be so bad to groom a quarterback under Drew Brees. And listen, the most important person on that offense is Sean Payton. It's a fucking system, people. Yes. It's a system. <laughs> Anybody could do it. Six foot Purdue quarterback. Yep. He can do it. Jordan Love from Utah can do it. So. Yeah, no, when I was when I was a super young kid, um Boom, Breeze Rose. Yep. No, I went to a Notre Dame Purdue game and I stayed in the same hotel as Purdue and I was looking at Drew Breeze. I was like, This guy, <laughs> this is the guy with, with the thing on his face. Like, this is the guy. And then I saw Mike Allstott and I started slobbering because that was like my favorite guy. Okay. Mike Allstott, the running back. Yeah. He had like no neck. Yep. And I just seeing him in person, I was I was more stoked on him than Breeze, but but, yeah, so anyway. Well, one is the best to ever play their position, and the other one is Drew Brees. Exactly. Okay. Just I, so we're I, oh, I concur 100% <laughs> on that one. Um, yeah, so so the heir apparent to Drew Brees is Jordan Love, 24th pick. All right, so All right. Uh, the Vikings on the clock now at 25. Yep, spoiler alert. I already made the mistake <laughs> of telling you this one earlier. earlier. But uh, they definitely need a wide receiver um to replace Diggs, um i have jalen rager as their guy um they could go again there's a lot of good receivers in this draft they might have a higher grade on a chase claypool or or the receiver out of arizona state that i can't pronounce his name ayuk or something like yeah. that I, I, uh, yeah so there's there's plenty of options right here but i got them going with rager from tcu all right um next on the clock dolphins with their third pick of the first round. No wonder they were so terrible last year. They've traded away everything to get three first round picks. Yes. And you've got them going with um safety out of Alabama, Xavier McKinney. 
Um, they went offense with those first two picks, um, and then they now they have to start addressing that defense. Um, they could certainly get a pass rusher or a linebacker here, um, but I have them getting the top safety in the draft, Xavier McKinney. He's going to be able to step in and hopefully replace Rashard Jones, who they let go of. So right. Xavier McKinney, safety, <clears throat> Alabama, number 26, the Miami Dolphins. All right, and uh, Seahawks up next. They still – haven't re-signed Jadavion Clowney. Correct. They've got problems all over their defense. They've all they consistently have a not so great offensive line, and you have them taking. Yeah. So at the twenty seventh pick, the Seattle Seahawks. I have them taking offensive lineman Austin Jackson from USC. Got that Pete Carroll connection to USC. Um, there's another good tackle still left, um, Ezra Cleveland from Boise State, but I have Austin Jackson ranked ahead of him. Um, they could really almost get any position on defense. Um, edge rusher, defensive lineman, safety are all big needs for them. Um, but, again, you got to protect your quarterback. I say they go left tackle, or he could play left or right tackle, Austin Jackson. All right, somebody for Bosa to eat alive. Cool. Yes, sir. Um, uh, number 28, the Ravens are on the clock. Could you have them taken? Yeah, so they never really replaced C.J. Mosley. Um, so I have them going linebacker, Kenneth Murray, uh, linebacker from Oklahoma. <clears throat> and again, he's, he's kind of that dog linebacker. He can chase everybody down. He can run that defense. He just seems like a great fit for that super aggressive Baltimore defense that uh, the Browns lit up last year in week, <laughs> in week three. This is a – just in case you haven't figured out, guys, this is a heavily biased podcast. Yes. We are making no – we're not hiding anything. Yeah, Baltimore, the team-stealing Ravens. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, but they – I mean, offensive line, uh, they lost one of the best offensive guards in football who, to retirement, Yonda. So they could they could definitely fix the interior with our boy Lloyd Cushenberry III. Um, but I see them doing what they do best, and that's defense. So getting that guy in the middle, Kenneth Murray. Okay. Uh, Tennessee Titans surprise team last year. Yeah, swapped out Mariota for Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan surprised Tannehill the hell out of me week one when they destroyed the Browns. And that's uh, I guess I shouldn't say surprise, <laughs> but they they handled them. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I really like their coach, uh, Vrabel. Yeah, He's I think tough nosed guy. Definitely We're, one of the best coaches in the league. Wish the Browns would have got him a couple years ago when they were looking at you know whatever coach was leaving them at that time right. revolving door. But yeah, Tennessee Titans got a lot of, got a lot of love for them. A lot of, uh, I was stoked to see them in the playoffs and make that run. Um, they have a couple different needs, um, a pass rusher, defensive line, offensive line. Um, they lost Conklin to the Browns. Um, they probably need a cornerback. They lost Logan Ryan. Um, but with that said, I have them taking a cornerback. Uh, to replace Logan Ryan. A.J. Terrell, cornerback, Clemson. Um, good size cornerback, good height, good speed. Probably a guy that can plug in and play in that defense, and uh, they probably won't miss a beat with him going in there. So, yeah, A.J. Terrell. All right. Uh, Packers are on the clock at number 30. Uh, this is another team that's not, you know, in terms of teams that are complete, this isn't a bad, you know, uh, this isn't a bad team at all. I mean, the NFC Championship game, uh, you know, they got beat, you know, yeah. just bring that up again. But, um, 
you know, they, uh, this is a good solid team. Where do you see him going? Cause this, this is probably a, a, a convenience pick for them as much as anything. Yep. So for them, um, I'm going to get them a weapon for Aaron Rodgers. They lost their tight end. Um, what's his name? Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham is gone. So I have them taking a tight end. Uh, Cole Komet, tight end from Notre Dame, slips into the back end of the first round. Um, there's good receivers there, but like I said, tight end's pretty thin this year. So if you get a guy that you really like, you don't have to worry about the rest of the draft where there's still good wide receivers. They could easily go defense, linebacker, cornerback. Um, so I can see that. I know they did sign um, Kirksey from the Browns, even though they lost Blake Martinez in the middle of that defense. So I think linebacker, Kirksey's injury prone. So I could see them going linebacker or cornerback. Um, they traded up last year to get that safety who turned out to be pretty good for him. I think his name was Savage. So they, like you said, it's a luxury pick, but I think a weapon for Breeze would be the best, or Breeze, a weapon for Rodgers uh, would be a good pick and uh, commits the best tight end in this draft. All right. Um, we're at the point where I don't have, I mean, this, this the Niners are on the clock now at 31. Um, you know, I, I expect them to trade this pick. I don't expect them to make both of their first round picks. So, um, yeah, I'm hundred percent with you there. Uh, this pick should be traded. Um, they don't really have a need for anything. Um, I had them getting the wide receiver rugs at 13. So then I have them going defense here. I have them getting Ross Blacklock defensive tackle from TCU. Um, a couple horn frogs in the first round this year. Okay. Um, uh, steady, steady, big, strong guy. I think it's, uh, I think he'll be late or, or yeah, late first, early second. Um, but like you said, like we both said, this is probably a trade spot. And this is, and, and if not, you know, they've, they've got, even with, even in our draft, you've got, uh, you know, the glaring needs probably at wide receiver. And then you've got defensive tackle where they've already got a ton of capital spent or, or defensive line where you've got a ton of capital spent cornerback where, you know, they were exposed in the Super Bowl and um, uh, uh, and then the the offensive line, the Joe Staley replacement, if there's somebody there. So, you know, if they're in love with somebody, I get it, but I fully expect them, you know, hopefully somebody like Jordan Love drops um, and he's still there and somebody wants somebody to wants come him. up and, and, and trade with the Niners. You know, hopefully there's a quarterback here that uh, somebody falls in love with and they want to get that fifth-year option. Um, cause you only get that if you draft them in the, in the first round. So this, these last couple picks, you know, uh, Niners, sorry, Packers, Niners and, um, Chiefs. and Chiefs, you know, these are very good, complete teams that, you know, will probably be happy to drop down five or 10 spots if it means they pick up an extra, an extra couple picks. Yeah. Yeah. I could easily see them going cornerback here too. Um, but I just went with the. With the big uglies up front. All right, and the world champion Kansas City Chiefs select. <laughs> um, yeah, so like you said, they're a pretty complete team. Um, I think they lost a couple guys in the secondary, Brashad Breland and Kendall Fuller. So that kind of you know took my mind to secondary. So with the last pick in the first round, the Kansas City Chiefs select Trevon Diggs, cornerback, Alabama. Um, again, Alabama – Always, oh, always loaded on those over. defensive players. Um, I think Diggs is a plug-and-play guy. I think he can replace Breland and and uh, keep that defense right where it needs to be to continue to hold teams under 30 points because Chiefs are going to score 30-plus every time pretty much. So yep. 
So, yeah, I see the Chiefs uh, addressing their defense with the cornerback. Interior offensive line was something that I thought about as well um, with our guy, again, most popular guy that hasn't been picked, Lloyd Cushenberry III, um, or Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. So I could see interior offensive line, but I'm going cornerback uh, for this one. All right, so to wrap everything up, we're through 32 picks. We didn't do any trades in this. There were four quarterbacks taken, six tackles taken, six wide receivers, and four defensive ends. All right, that sounds good. So that that right there is 20 of the 32 picks went with those four positions. Yep. Which is um, – I don't – you don't – so only the one tight end, uh, no interior offensive lineman. No running back. No running backs. Um, no fullback in the first round, which is, you know – Personally baffling to me. Um, I don't get it. <laughs> like I said, I'm projecting. Right. Um, and uh, not – I mean, unless you're counting Simmons, is, was he the only middle linebacker? Like the middle linebacker Him and type? Murray. Him and Murray. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, – I think the LSU linebacker Queen is worthy of a late first-round pick, so he could go in there. Um, but, Yeah. This is my mock draft, so. and then and then the court and then quarterbacks was the only other one that I that I left off, and so that uh, you got Diggs, T- uh, AJ Terrell, um, Henderson, and H- uh, Henderson, Fulton, and Okuda. So five five cornerbacks on top of that. So that's twenty five of the thirty two picks went to five positions. I think the only non premier position, the the only luxury position out of these five is wide receiver. You know you. Everything's about the quarterback, and, and I think that the wide receiver position is the next level down. Mm-hmm. Um, but cornerback, quarterback, tackle, and defensive end, if you've got those four positions covered, you've probably got a pretty decent team. Yes, sir. And then the wide receiver stuff becomes the, the luxury picks. Absolutely. Cool. Well, Doug, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. It was fun. And uh, we will do this again. I've got uh, – somebody's got a, uh, a question out there that needs answering – what's with the Browns dysfunction. And uh, I think we'll end up with a round table discussion between you and, uh, and angry Browns fans. And we'll, we'll get the, we'll get the band together for, uh, oh, man. for discussing the Browns dysfunction. You guys can sip your whiskey and <laughs> drown your sorrows. So anyway, Doug, thanks again. Yep. Yes, sir. Go. If you've made it this far, I appreciate it. I hope you liked what I had to say. If you didn't like it, I hope you come back next week and hear more of the stupid shit that comes out of my mouth. Thanks for listening. Go ahead, like, subscribe, review, whatever you got to do. Help me get that podcast clout. Thanks, guys.